I find in my, depending on how old you are, either my short time on this earth or my long time on this earth, <laughs> depending on your perspective. I've learned, though, growing up in this, that you get out of church what you put into church. If you come expecting God to touch you, I expect you, you better be reaching out to touch God. If you want a healing, you need to be reaching for that healing. The one with the issue of blood that we spoke about not too long ago, she didn't get that healing because she was just sitting around hoping it would happen to her. She got that healing because she was willing to go farther than anybody had at that moment. She made a, cha- a decision in her mind that tonight or today, whatever time of day it was, that she was going to reach forth and receive that healing. Church, you get out what you put in. You reap what you sell. However you want to word it. I do have a word tonight. Bear with me. I do apologize. Right before service, my uh, my middle child decided that my eyeball could see too well, so she decided to scratch it. So it hurts quite a bit right now. So bear with me if I blink a lot. It's it's not because I'm nervous. It's just because it hurts. If you would, though, I do have a word tonight, and bear with me. If you could open your Bibles with me to the to the book of Romans, and we'll begin reading the verse number eight. Chapter number 8, verse number 19. I do apologize. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. And if you would, jump down to verse number 24 with me now. And it says, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? But if we hope for what is not seen, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we knoweth what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You may be seated. My title tonight is Faith Breeds Expectation. Your faith breeds your expectation. In other words, whatever you're willing to believe in God is going to be what you're going to be expecting out of God. How much faith I put into God is how much faith I'm expecting to get out of God. See, our talk is affected by what we are. Our emotions are governed by our limited understanding. Our spirits cry out to God out of a sincere desire to know him. The level that we know him, the level that we understand him, the level that we experience him comes from the level that we expect from him. 
If you go into school, they always tell you, you know, uh, when, I was, uh, when I was in high school, I ran track. And it was a saying that my coach used to always say, if you expect you're going to win or if you expect you're going to lose, you're always going to meet your expectations. And, I, and I'm sure that many of us have heard someone say something along those lines. In other words, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. If you set your bar low enough and you say, this is all the more I expect out of my life. This is all the more I expect out of God. This is all the more I expect out of this current job situation. I'm happy with the status quo. If your expectation never goes any farther in God where you are at today, you will never get any farther than where you're at today. If you're going to stand in this church and say that God's not going to ever touch me beyond what I have felt today, I am never going to feel more than I felt at that moment. Our expectation is bred from the faith that we put into God. Whatever we give into God is what we're going to be expecting out of God. If we do not, do, if we do not make sure that we are continually expecting more, continually expecting everything else, never be content in your spirit. Never be content in who you are at this moment. If we want to see blind eyes open, we need to have an expectation of Jesus. If we want to see cancer healed, we need to have an expectation of Jesus. If we want to see drug addicts delivered, we need to have an expectation in Jesus. Philippians 1 20 through 21 says, according to my earnest expectations and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of anything. But that with the all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. And 21 says, for me to live is Christ." And the church say it, and for me to die is gain. Mm. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. See, Paul said, my expectation and my hope will be found in Jesus. I may live, I might die, but when it's all said and done, my hope will be in him. I may not make it past today. I may not live to see the next sunrise. But no matter what happens to me at this exact moment, I will put my trust in him. Because for me to live is gain. I mean, for me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. In other words, this moment is not mine. We're not promised tomorrow. If we get tomorrow, it's only by the grace of God that we get tomorrow. The problem is, is too many of us put our expectations in tomorrow. I've heard too many people say, well, one day, that's a, that, that, that's a dream. You know, unfortunately, I've been a part of the some days. Growing up in this church, we always said, one day we're going to have a new building. Maybe. I hope. We'll see how it goes. And I'm speaking of my own emotions, church. I'm not even talking about any, I'm not talking about Pastor Horns. <laughs> I'm not talking about the First Lady. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about me right now. I've been there before. But God wants us to know that those things like that don't happen unless we expect it to happen. 
Revival doesn't come to a church who's just sitting there saying, well, I sure hope revival comes. I can't wait for revival to come when it gets here. That should be up there with a curse word. I can't wait for revival when it gets here. I'm waiting on that revival. I, church, why in the world do we always have to wait for something else? Why in the world do we have to wait on these things to happen to us today? Throughout the Bible, over and over, it, it, all these things, these healings and these touches have come through an expectation. Do you think blind Bartimaeus saw his deliverance because he was sitting at home hoping that Jesus would come by the house and touch him? No. When Bartimaeus heard of Jesus Christ, and when he had heard of the miracles that he had done, this, there was nothing that was going to stop this blind man from getting in there. This man couldn't see. He, could, he couldn't hardly guide himself through the crowd, but he just began shouting. He was shouting just to get the attention of God, just to get the attention of Jesus, saying, look at me, Lord. I need the touch. I don't care what anybody else around me is telling me to do. I don't care what anybody else is expecting out of you right now. What I, this day, am expecting from you, myself, is a healing. And God told him to hush and go about his way. No. No. God honored him. God stopped what he was doing. See, the amazing thing is faith and our expectation in God has the power to stop God from doing what he was doing before. There are so many people throughout the Bible who have been told that it was going to be one way, but through their faith, it brought about, it brought about another way. King Hezekiah, David, Bartimaeus, the one with the issue of blood. Jesus was not on his path to any of those people. They changed his direction through their expectation. His expectation was to receive his sight, and he did not have any lower. He didn't come and say, God, have your will. Jesus, do, what, do for me whatever you want. Will you just please say a prayer for me because I'm struggling right now? Jesus, will you, will you, just, will you just give me a touch? I, I could just use a blessing. because it's, it's really tough being a blind guy. And I, just, I, I, just, I, I, I need you to let me know you're there for me. No, he came up there with a dedicated expectation. He said, I am going to walk up here. I am, I am going to not, not leave until I get exactly what I am looking for. I'm looking for a healing. I am looking to walk away from this seeing. I will not be the same as I was before I ran into Jesus Christ. Too many times, church, we want to be like blind Barmatis and never get beyond the blind part. We have to be able to expect it. I'll give you a little bit of background. Mark 10 and 47 speaks of him. It says that when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. There we go. Shouting, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Too many times we have, we have 
We have people in the church even. We want to have that boldness in our spirit and we say, God, I'm going to believe in this. God, I'm not going to stop believing in that whatever this thing is, no matter how outlandish it is, God, I believe in your power. God, I believe in your touch. I know what I need. I know the blessing that you want. God, I will not stop. And then too many times we get those people over there, those Debbie Downers, if you will, just hush, stop. Don't bother him. He's busy. And they charged him that he should hold his peace. But he even cried more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise. He calleth thee. And he, casting away his garments, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man saith unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus in the way. Jesus told him, Your expectancy is what made you whole. See, He expected to be whole. And I know I'm I'm repeating myself over and over, and I'm going to keep repeating myself over and over, and I don't really care. (laughs) But he expected to be made whole. He was expecting nothing less than to walk away from that place with his vision. And Jesus said, you know what? Because you set your expectation here, I will meet your expectation here. But all too often we want to be like, you know what, we'll put it right about here. This feels good. I, I, I you know, you know I, I don't need a total overcoming of the situation. I just need to, I need a victory to get me through the next couple of days. And you know what? More often than not, <laughs> proportionally, <laughs> your blessing is going to be put out in that same proportion. You know, the That's why you hear so often you reap what you sow. You get out what you put in. Because if you come to church expecting nothing more than a couple good songs to not fall asleep during the preaching, to maybe have an altar call, that's all we're going to have. But if you wake up every morning expecting today is the day, is that old saying goes, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. No matter what happens today, today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I am expecting my anointing. I am expecting my blessing. <coughs> I am expecting God in this place. Acts 2, 14 through 18 says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, that hearketh to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your son and your daughters, and they shall prophesy, and your young men shall see, shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days my spirit, and they shall prophesy. See, Peter, I skipped over a point. We're going to come back to that here in just a moment. Peter received the Holy Ghost after sitting in expectation from the words of Jesus. Now he's doing exactly what Jesus did himself. He is preaching the kingdom things to men who did not have the same understanding or expectation as they did. See, what's amazing is when the Spirit is working, the level of expectation begins to grow. When the Spirit is working in your life, your expectation will continue to grow through the Spirit. There wasn't too long ago that Peter had a lower expectation himself. It was through the teaching of the parables. It was through the seeing of the touchings of Jesus Christ. It was through the blessings and the anointing. And it was through the upper room experience and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that brought him to the next level. He matured. That's like a young man right now. You know, you, you take a kindergartner and you ask him two plus two equals four. They should be able to do that most likely. But then you ask him what the square root of three times three to the fifth power is, and you're going to start seeing a what? Because they're not at that level of understanding. We don't expect that from them. Rightfully so, mind you. We don't expect that from them. Therefore, that's not going to come from them. When I was a... When, when I was younger and I was an assistant manager for Walmart, we used to have to set got, uh, goals for every employee that worked under us for timelines that they had to be done, right? And, and anybody who's ever managed anybody at any point in time, we did this in the construction field as well, we had guidelines that they had to meet. They had timelines. They had, they had codes and, and things that they had to reach. But anybody who has ever managed anybody knows that if you're expecting them to get to this point, you're going to set the bar at this point. If you expect John Smith to get no more than X, Y, and Z done, you're going to have him do a little extra on his job. Because he may not always meet that expectation. He may not always get to that point. Because we don't really expect that out of them. We just set the bar there because we know that they're going to be closer to here. But see, what, what Peter's trying to say here is, is, is that your expectation cannot be out of proportion with your faith. I didn't have faith in them that they were going to make the expectation that I put to them. They didn't know that I was really expecting this, but I was asking for that. My faith was not in that point. And what Peter's trying to tell these people, they're not drunk like you suppose. They're drunk on something Far better than anything you've ever imagined. Something that will never make you thirst again. Something that will never, never make you doubt who he is ever again. This is where you have to be. You have to have your expectations in proportion with your faith in him. 
And he continues on in verse number 37. It says, now they heard this, and they were pricked in the heart. And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then one of the most famous forms of scripture right here. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift. There we go, church. The gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they gladly received his word and were baptized that same day, and they were added unto them about 300 souls. 3,000, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said 300. I'm thinking of the 120 that were in the upper room. I do apologize on that. But because Peter had a higher expectation, his level of expectation was here. And because he expected nothing less than the outpouring of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, 3,000 were added to the church that day. That's not counting the 120 that were just brought forth in the upper room experience. Because Peter had an expectation for nothing less than the world being reached. Because Peter said, this is going to happen at this moment. He could have ignored them. He could have kept on walking. Because, you know, the naysayers forget them. They don't need to know. <laughs> they don't understand. Peter stood, planted his feet, and said, this is going to be the day. This is going to be the moment. This is going to be the exact second. I will stand here and I will stop at nothing until every one of you hears the word of God. And because of his expectation and because of his faith, 3,000 were added. Church, we're not, ex we're not to accept what has been happening. And what is happening will always happen. Too often we want to accept this as it. And I'm almost done, I promise. Too often we want to accept it. That this is good. Good things are happening. I'm happy with where we're at. I'll be honest with you. A believer in Christ, a pastor especially, should never be happy or content with where we're at. There should always be a next level or a next goal. I don't know whose kid that is. <laughs> Looks nothing like me or her mother, who happens to be my wife. We can't be content with this. Peter could have been content with the 120. That's, that, that's an amazing feat at its moment. 120 people received the Holy Ghost for the first time at the same time. Could you imagine how amazing that is to see? I remember one year when I, I was, oh, my goodness, that, that outpouring that happened at youth camp. I was maybe 10 or I was maybe 12 or 13 years old. I, I, I was barely a teenager. I know that much. 
There was a move of God that was so powerful at one of those services. I don't even remember. That's how powerful this is. I, I, I can only go off the stories that my father and other pastors had. The outpouring was so strong that every single soul in that church, with the exception of all the pastors, were slain in the spirit and fell out. Not a single soul in that building was conscious for a matter of minutes. And the only ones who, who were even awake to tell the story were the pastors that were there laying hands upon everybody. Maybe 150, 200 people slain in the spirit all over. It came in so strong that anybody who even tried to get up couldn't get up because there was like this fog over every single one of us. And I'm literally just telling the story from what I heard because I don't even remember this event. All I remember is coming to and seeing everybody coming to at the same time. I don't even remember. I have to go off the stories of my father and the elders of the church of the time. Every single soul was slain in the spirit because we had a moment. We touched the hem of his garment, if you will. We touched the throne room. Everybody in that place had, a, had an expectation that we were not going to leave until we had a life-altering event. And because of that, the entire building was slain. Church, it, it, it'd be easy to stop there. We could have... We Stop camp right then and there and be like, okay, we had youth camp. We're good. Let's go home. We didn't, though. We continued on. Peter could have easily been content with the 120 that happened that day. But see, there's an amazing thing that happens, and I, I know I, I'm talking on here, but th th just bear with me. I, I, I want to say this, and I have the microphone, so you have to listen. There's something that happens in you when you experience something like that. There's something that happens in you that when you, when you get to experience an outpouring like that. Witnessing can be a drug just as much well, as a drug. It can be as addicting as the strongest things out there. Because once you, once you feel it, once you feel that I was a part of God's work, I was a part in changing a life. Something gets inside of you, church, that you don't want to stop doing it. That you don't want to stop telling people about what happened because you just want to find that feeling again. You want to scratch that itch one more time. i got to find somebody else to get me that feeling. Peter was not content with the 120. He knew that there were more people out there who could feel what he was feeling. So he went out there and he started telling them, church, people, you don't know what, you, what we're feeling right now. You need to repent. You need to be baptized right now. You got to feel what I'm feeling, church. You got to feel what I'm feeling because it is something there. But it only happens when we're tired of where we're at. You got to be tired of being depressed. You got to be tired of being sick. You got to be tired of living in financial poverty. You got to be tired of saying, I can't figure it out anymore. Because until we are not content with being <laughs> discontented, we're never going to get any further. Because our faith breeds our expectation. And the cool thing is, 
is the more faith you have in something. When that thing is met, when that thing is brought to fruition by your God, your expectation next time will be just a little bit further. Just a little bit more. It's like at work when you're doing your job. You start doing more than your job. Before you know it, that becomes your job. <laughs> I'm getting one too many nods out here in the congregation. <laughs> when you start doing more than what's expected of you on that little piece of paper when you, when you, get, when you get hired, these are what they expect out of you. This is what we're paying you to do right here. And you start doing more than what that thing shows. Before you know it, that is a part of what you're expected to do. Church, when God starts meeting our expectations, it should be no different. When God starts healing the blind, mending bones right in front of our eyes, raising dead back to life, that should no longer be something that we're hoping for. That should from this point forward be, my God's going to fix this situation. My God's going to touch this soul. My God is going to mend that bone. My God is going to do that because he's done it before. He's going to do it again, and he'll do it every single time because I am expecting it. Mm, my last scripture, I promise. Matthew 15, 26 through 28. This is another very popular portion of scripture. It says, but he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, true, Lord. She says truth, but true, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. <coughs> she had great expectations. She was willing to take whatever he could give. <laughs> he said, it's not for me to give you the meat to the ch of the children and give it to the dogs. And she was like, I, fine, I'm a dog. That's fine. I'll take the crumbs. Give me whatever you want to give me, Lord. I'll take whatever I can get. Have you ever seen a hungry dog? They'll take anything. Put your finger too close. They'll take your finger. That's the, last, that's the last scripture I'm going, to be, I'm going to be speaking on tonight. But in closing, church, we need to have an expectation in proportion with our faith. If we're going to believe in God and we're going to trust him, I know these words are very similar. But just because I believe God can do it doesn't mean I always believe he will do it. And just because I've seen him do it before doesn't mean I always think he's going to do it for me. Amen, sister. <laughs> Church, we have to have an expectation that is higher than our status quo. Pastor Horn is not happy with having the same service every Sunday. Pastor Horn is not content with just a couple souls coming up to this altar 
having a few tears go down their face and say, Lord, I was touched today. Church, we should not be content with just feeling a little prick in our heart on Sunday morning and maybe coming to the altar on Sunday night. We should not be content with God only moving on Sunday mornings and maybe on a Wednesday night. We should come into this church every moment that it's open and expect a move. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next breath. If we put our faith in tomorrow, our expectations will never be met. If you want to feel a touch, if you want to be anointed, if you want to be healed this day, it only is birthed out of an expectation that it will happen today. And church, I invite anybody and everybody to come to this altar tonight. If you want more out of life than what you've been getting out of it so far, if you want to reach that soul that's down the street that you haven't talked to in years, if you want to overcome the situation that you're going through right now, whether we know about it or not, if you want to come out of it, today is the day. Now is the time. God can move through your expectations. God can move through your faith in his power. God can move when you're willing to take anything and everything that he will give you. But you have to expect a touch.